0: Welcome to decaf from a different type of quarantine. Um, Mark almost died the other night trying to leave his house. I think he's being dramatic, but that's what he said. He, he <laughs> oh, the I'm the and dramatic one. Here.
1: Interesting. <laughs> how do the two of us? I don't know that's how I describe myself. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I own my drama. You, you're like I almost died. I'm not even being dramatic. Yeah, well,
1: that was <laughs> I obviously being sarcastic. But it was it was a tough walk to get food to the gas I know. station.
0: I took a walk last night. I poured a little margarita in a to-go cup and took a little walk around my neighborhood last night. And let me tell you, I am um, surrounded by a sheet of ice. There is no way out for me, especially not down my driveway and then down the hill and then down another hill to get to like a main road. So it's a good thing that I bought a bunch of groceries before this started because I would have died.
1: It is crazy how it's like... um like the snow sometimes is complete ice and like it looks like snow but then like sloan went out last night it was just slipping around she couldn't get her feet in footing and she's like and basically just quit She's like i'm just gonna get the bathroom inside like i'm done i can't i can't do this
0: <laughs> poor sloan she's just like a little i mean people on this podcast have seen her she's just like a little teacup little puppy and uh yeah I'm so sure she couldn't get her footing i couldn't even get my footing um but i had been margarita
1: probably didn't help or like the whatever boot on your foot probably was not great either.
0: Yeah, the broken foot is not a good situation in the snow. I'll tell you that. Um, so we, I've been trapped inside since Monday. So has Mark. And a lot of stuff has happened since Monday. So let's dive into it. The first thing is I was so sad here by myself when I heard about Rush Limbaugh. We've known for a long time he had a terminal diagnosis of lung cancer, probably due to all the cigars that he smoked while he was recording his show throughout his life. Um, But he'd had a terminal diagnosis for a long time, got the Presidential Medal of Freedom um, shortly after he announced his diagnosis. And on Tuesday, he passed away, I think it was Tuesday, and it was just really a sad time for a lot of people like me who grew up. And I know that Rush has said some questionable things throughout his life, and no one's perfect. But I grew up, I mean, the thing that I equate being in the car with my parents is the sound of Rush Limbaugh's voice. And my mom says that she grew up um, a Democrat, was very liberal in her <laughs> Mark's Golding Sloan. She, my mom always tells the story that she um, grew up a Democrat, was very liberal in her raising. Got to know one of one of her coworkers once she got into her career, and her coworker said, "Carol, you're not you're not a liberal. You need to listen to Rush Limbaugh and let him explain some of these issues to you, and you'll understand." And so my mom started listening to Rush in the car, and that's how she. Became more conservative minded. And that's kind of how I was raised. And so it, it's sad. No matter what anyone says questionable in their lives, death is sad. And it was sad to see someone like that um, succumb to such a horrible cancer.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I never really listened to Russell, my dad listened to him a lot. And I mean, I would I, actually, I saw him, I probably saw him the most on, um, I guess it was like. Sunday, Sunday football or whatever before he got fired for that con- but I remember that's the most and like he is just um, I mean he said some horrible things for sure uh, but he is I, I mean it was all in jest and it's like I think we need to view comedy maybe through a little bit of different lens I know he's a political talk show and he did a lot of stuff I would never have done but it's like I, I get he also was very I mean he's clearly very smart and he had this kind of in the few things he had this gift of like, kind of like you said, explaining things in a way that normal people get in like very complicated issues, which like from a cons perspective, I'm like, wow, that is very impressive that he was able to explain that in that way. But I I never listened to him that much. Um, I know my dad really liked him. Um, But it's, it is always sad when somebody dies, except for maybe like (laughs) dictators who murder people. So I think we need to kind of, I think that the left needs to really lighten up with it. I mean, the horrible comments about him, um, I think it was what Rod and hell was, was training on Twitter. Um, um, it's just some neg- really negative things about him. And I, no matter what you think about him in person, I, I, I understand people don't like him because you see some of the things he said, and if you don't listen to him, that's all that you say. You're like, wow, that's pretty awful. And I, I get it. But at some point the party of like civility who wants to get back to this needs to show some of it themselves. Yes. You cannot. You cannot say these horrible things and then call on the other side and say, oh, we need civility. We, we need you guys to be civil. It's like, it's so insane. It's so disingenuous of these people who are wishing these horrible things on, on the dead because they don't agree with their politics. They don't agree with couple, some of the things they said. It's like, it's just. It's insanity that this is the party of civility and this is the party of getting back to, oh, we need to be neighbors again. Like, that's not what they want. I mean, now, not all of them, but the people on Twitter who are usually the worst people on both sides yeah. um, have talked about this. And it really is. It's very frustrating reading that. It's just saying, like, this, I can't believe this is where we are as a human race. And it's the same thing as when Trump got um, COVID. And you saw okay. those people who said these horrible things and who died. And, and again, I, I think you, I can understand why somebody doesn't like him personally, but it's just so awful some of the things they say. And we can't return to civility until until the people on the left say, you know what, we're going to be civil, we're going to actually be civil, not just call for it when we have a president we don't like in there.
0: Yes, exactly. We're not going to call for it when it's convenient when it sounds pretty and fluffy. Um, So yeah, there was a professor, I I still subscribe to all the Alabama newspapers, there was a professor that said something really ugly about Rush Limbaugh the other day and the president issued a statement real quick and said we don't stand behind this and so I think maybe the tides are turning to more calling people out and Roll tide. (laughs) Um, Maybe the ties are turning a little bit to calling people out and holding them responsible for their actions and their words. But I mean, I don't know how much farther it's going to go before things start to turn because it can only go so far before things start to turn. And I don't want to see how much farther it has to be. I
1: just feel like I I just think about like the worst political people in my time. Like like maybe uh, like not not worst political people in America. Like what if Sean Penn died? Like he's awful. I mean, he loves Hugo Chavez. I wouldn't cheer for him to die. And and he's like said some of the most like horrible things about what America should be like. But like I wouldn't hope that he died. I don't want Ben and Jerry. I mean, they're probably getting up there like I would never celebrate somebody's death. I'm not saying that you have to like mourn them and say this is so horrible, but just If you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything.
0: Be a human. Every single one of us has experienced a close loss, I would venture to say. Every single one of us knows has experienced loss in some way. Just think about how it was when you experience loss and treat the people, treat people the way that you would have wanted to be treated at that point. That's all we're saying here. It's it's not that difficult. Um, Let's talk about more. Uh, There's an, we've got another kind of topic about people being really cruel on social media about something that maybe they shouldn't have been cruel about is the Ted Cruz situation, the Ted Cruz drama, Mark, explain what happened. And then let's talk about the reaction.
1: Yeah, so obviously, I think a lot of people know that Texas is going through some issues right now. They have, I mean, people have not had electricity for three, four days in a row, no heat. Um, And and, I mean, I I don't know what the death count's going to be, but I I assume it's going to be a pretty big death count right now because you have all the people who just, they might freeze to death, uh, especially, and and the roads are icy, so you can't even get out. The hotels are full. So it's just a terrible situation. And in the midst of this, um, Ted Cruz, whose electricity was out, decided to fly to Cancun, um, He said that basically it's called out and it's a they want to stay at the Ritz-Carlton Cancun. Um, so he went there. I think that he I mean, the, the press caught him and I think he originally he figured out it was a PR blunder. I'm not again, I'm not sure what he could have done, but that's not part of it. Like it was a huge PR blunder. And then he essentially it seems like he lied about it and said, oh, I just was bringing my kids there. I was going to come back the next day. But then they found all these text messages where they sent their neighbors and they said they're going to stay till Sunday, which was like a, a week vacation um, or five days. And it just is a really tone deaf response by Ted Cruz. And now he's kind of he's in it and he's he's kind of walked back his previous statement. And I think he's kind of he's finally started to apologize mm-hmm. instead of trying to make excuses. But it's an interesting situation where I think that, I I don't know where you're at on it, but I I have strong feelings both ways.
0: Okay, wait, okay. What are your strong feelings? Because I have strong Uh, feelings one way.
1: (laughs) uh, Well, I think Ted Cruz was absolutely tone deaf to do that. I think that anybody who's an elected official, even if, I mean, you're making money from there. And even though he's a Senator, so it's not like he can change laws or do things like, If my, if that was happening to my people, I was representing, I would be on the ground trying to do whatever I could. Even people like John Cornyn did a lot Ben O'Rourke, which I mean, I do not, cannot stand that guy, but he was calling, he was calling nursing homes and helping to make sure that like those people were okay. And it just, it just is such a bad, it's horrible from a PR perspective. Like as somebody who's in PR and and comms, like that was the dumbest thing you could have done outside of any of the, and then secondly, it just, it just was so tone deaf of the situation um with that being said i don't know that he could have done much um i think that he i mean he's a u.s senator i mean he, he could have done things on his personal thing maybe tried to call him a favor see if he can get some help but like it's not like he's gonna be able to plow the roads or to put electricity back on well, so that- i don't think it's a huge deal in the fact that i don't think he could have done much but it's so bad pr wise um the way the media covered it i think is not unacceptable but they because I, I get why they covered it that way but they have kind of led a much bigger issue uh, with the Andrew Cuomo, all the nursing home deaths. And now this state of New York is trying to take away his emergency powers. And he actually killed people. He was responsible for people's deaths in nursing homes and then lied about it. So to me, that should be a much bigger issue than the Ted Cruz thing. But it doesn't take away the Ted Cruz thing was dumb.
0: Okay. yes. So that's that's my whole perspective on this is as far as what a a politician or an elected official does in their personal life, in their personal capacity, unless it is unethical, immoral or illegal, I don't care straight up. Go to Cancun. I don't care. That's your personal life. You're making a personal decision. You're not using taxpayer money. You're not using taxpayer resources. You're not, you know, people, I I do get that it was a bad PR situation. I feel sorry for staff for having to do that, but it's his personal life. Now, if we at Bethany, um, what, what's her name? Beverly Hallberg tweeted about this recently and she's done a lot of appearances on Fox News and we know her well. She said, you know, the press went to such lengths to get his text messages and his hotel accommodations and his flight manifests and all these things. I wonder what kind of brain power using that kind of brain power could have come up with in the Andrew Cuomo New York thing, because he did something that was unethical and immoral and potentially illegal in his official capacity, not even in his personal life. And so we've got Ted Cruz, who's taking a vacation with his family, which looks really bad given it is a really bad look, but he's not doing it in his official capacity. I just think that the double standard is absolutely ridiculous. And it's causing people like me who I would normally be more reasonable and say, he shouldn't have done that. Oh, this looks really bad uh, to be like, who cares? I don't even care at this point. No. I, I'm, I'm just, I've had enough of the double standard. And so if he wants to go to Cancun, let him because I've just, I've just had enough. I've reached my limit.
1: I, yeah, I know. I, I try to take a step back and say, I know I'm so frustrated into these things, but it still doesn't make what Ted Cruz did. I mean, I don't know if it was wrong, but it was, it was really dumb. It, it, was, it was really funny. dumb. And I, he did use some taxpayer money because I know he had like people like basically secret service or not secret service, but oh, security guards yeah. get into the airport. And, um, but it just, it, it was a really unfortunate situation. He messed up and, and he, and, and he has to his credit, I guess. And I, I hate that he lied the first time. Just say, yeah, you know yeah. what? I decided to go to Cancun. My, my um, electricity was out. It was, and and I wanted to go there. I had the money to do it. And like, I I stayed in touch with my staff the whole time. I would try to do everything I could from there, but like, I I wanted to get out. And I mean, that's not a great response, but at least it's honest, like him lying about it made it.
0: Yeah. The lie was bad.
1: But of course you get so frustrated. because, like, I mean, Andrew Cuomo has lied the entire time. People are dead because of him and also uh, a lesser extent that all these teachers and all these, uh, mayors she said, you know, what? we need to stay home, stop the spread of COVID-19. And they went on vacation. They went to different countries. And I know they're not as big of a, uh, maybe they're not as big as uh, of people as Ted Cruz is in the media, but like there was governors and there was senators and like who were doing that. And then you get nearly the issues that, that Ted Cruz gave in the media. So I think that a Ted Cruz is dumb. He shouldn't have done that. B definitely shouldn't have lied. See the media. It has a complete double standard and they will not treat. I, and I feel like they will not treat Republicans the same way they're going to treat Democrats. And I, I really, I think to some extent, I, I kind of was like, well, there's this and this, but like, I, I have to, there's no more excuse to be made the, the way they handle this would be fine. If they handled all the other things the same way, but they haven't. And it's just not fair. Ted Cruz, you're dumb. Um, the media, this is immoral how you're how you're acting about this compared to the Cuomo thing.
0: Sounds like you you've reached my same level of frustration, and I like it.
1: <laughs> Again, that we, we always talk about this, national media. We have pretty good media in Tennessee. We and it's love literally our state the media national media perspective.
0: Yeah, we love our state media. They 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 don't care about this. They're too worried about Tennesseans not being able to get out of our houses because and of Dolly Parton. State. And Dolly Parton. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about Dolly. Something that I gave can, you the lead Dolly,
1: in there, right? I got it.
0: <laughs> yes, you really did. You really got got us there. Something that we can all agree is just so wonderful is Dolly. Dolly Parton is an American treasure, and she deserves a statue built in her honor. Now- I think we can all agree. I think even she under normal circumstances wouldn't protest a statue built in her honor. I mean, the Tennessee legislature was gung-ho. It was something that I think everyone can agree on yep. as a notable Tennessee. And after everything that she did donating to the COVID vaccine, after just who she is. The Gatlinburg
1: fires. fires, she basically saved, she basically saved that Sevierville and Gatlinburg and Pigeon yes. Forge those fires.
0: Yes, exactly. She has given so much of her money. She really has a really good outlook on money and wealth enriches when you're a famous person, which is she can't take it with her. So she might as well spend it doing something good. And she's done that. And
1: And she doesn't need the press from it too. I feel like that's something important. She's not calling the press. Like people are finding out about her donations, not because she's telling them. Like so many celebrities say, oh, look, I donated this much money to Hurricane Relief. Like it's all quiet. She's doing it because she really cares about people.
0: And And we love that. And we want her to have a statue. But in typical Dolly fashion, just being a wonderful, sweet, genteel Southern woman that she is, she wrote the kind, kindest response to the the lawmakers that wanted a statue and just said, there's too much going on. Don't worry about it and don't waste our money. And let me just say, I thought that I was full to the brim of my love for Dolly. (laughs) And now we're just overflowing because she, she prioritized tax money, which one could say, even though she doesn't really agree with us on politics, she has always given out of the kindness of her heart and out of her own wealth.
1: But let me say this. I, I, I would say this. I don't know that she doesn't agree. I mean, I mean, she, one of the one of her charms is she doesn't talk about politics. Yeah. And that's why everybody likes her. I mean, how else do you think you can get like a statute passed, like which probably would have been unanimous from Republicans, and Democrats? It's like she doesn't talk about politics. We don't really know where she stands. Right. Um, unfortunately, we did have her in the pork report a while ago because I think we gave some money to a. Um, to her theme park uh, right. <laughs> some tax dollars that was that was before i started though so i don't know that we would but but yeah i mean it's we i, I you don't know where golf. she stands and that's part of the charm of her i think
0: i know i totally agree she you know, she does a lot. She doesn't speak up out of turn. I don't know. I, I, I've i talked about this a lot because I struggled with Taylor Swift this year. She was being super outspoken on social media during the election and it bothered me. And, you know, I think Taylor Swift hung the moon. And I've struggled with this a lot with different celebrities, but Dolly's just one that keeps keeps her mouth shut. She knows that she has so many... Capabilities and talents and things outside of her political voice—that that's where she invests her human capital, and I think and, that that's outstanding.
1: And think about this though: her political voice is the strongest out of anybody. If she wanted to get something done, she has the ear of every politician. She doesn't have fifty percent of people saying no, like you're, you're you're against this, and like that's why she's so effective. She yeah. understands how to get things done. She understands like that. And not only that, like when there's some issue, say it's a hurricane or whatever, or what she, her first thing is like, how can I fix this? It's not anything to do with, oh, let me think about the way the government can fix this. Or let me try to appeal to politicians or trash politicians I don't like. Like, it's just like, she wants to fix things. And I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not as into her music. I like country too. I like her, actually like her newer stuff better. Um Backwoods Barbie is my favorite song by her. But like I don't think other people feel that way. Um that was like too that but but I don't but like she is just she's incredible and there's no, nothing and, and even if she said, you know what, I'm a whatever, I vote this way or I believe in these things and I don't agree with them. Like she doesn't she doesn't even push it in your face. I just think she's great. I agree with her. I don't know that we need to be spending any new money on statues right now. Um,
0: totally agree. It was It's a brilliant thing that she said. And I just... Plus, I really who knows? In
1: 50 it. years, they might find one random thing she said they don't like and they try to tear a statue down. So yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, but but for real, like, is that with everything going on right now, is that the best use of money and time with, I mean, COVID, people are having trouble. We have a snow Like, it just, it seems... It's not tone up because everybody wants it and it's fine. It just it seems like we could wait on that. And she said, I hope you still consider this after I pass, essentially.
0: She was, I mean, she Dolly, you just keep being you, sister, as if she listens to this. But we we love Dolly.
1: <laughs> Big fan. Yeah, yeah. Big, <laughs> Big fan. Of we did try to get her on over caffeine. I talked to her agent. And he said, um, yeah, she's not doing any interviews for the next year. So <laughs> I, I should try again. I think it's you been about a year. Care.
0: I think I would die if we got Dolly yeah. on one of our shows. Um, <laughs> but Dolly, keep doing you. Keep being fiscally conservative with our tax money and generous with yours because lord knows we (laughs) need it um so we've mentioned the snow a few times I have done nothing more than a walk around my neighborhood in the ice because I cannot get out of my car and no one can get to me to pick me up or take me away from here um but there have been you're kind of
1: freaking out too right I mean it sounds like you're kind of
0: yeah, I'm, I'm melting down. I texted Mark last night that I couldn't find my like tablespoon to measure something for a soup, and so I used a shot glass. I've just I'm melting down. I'm losing my mind.
1: It's and- funny because I feel I don't I feel better than ever. I feel like I, I like it's it's nice to it's nice to kind of be just not have to think about anything. You you do your work. You don't have to worry about going out. Like you can just kind of relax and, and snuggle with your dog if you have one. <laughs>
0: I don't have a dog. I know, I'm I know. That you're alone. Sure. The first 72 hours were honestly okay. And then I started to freak out. It was about yesterday afternoon. I really started to absolutely lose my mind. Um, but my friends came over last night. They parked far away and walked about 20 minutes to get here, which was really oh, sweet. Oh, God. I know. I have great friends. You
1: are not worth 20-minute walk. In this in the okay. ice. I'd say three minutes tops. Take it.
0: <laughs> Rude. Um, but there have been some fun snow memories. And so, Mark, do you have any fun snow memories other than you know almost dying on your way to get pizza and beer? Do you have yeah. any fun snow memories?
1: So um, I do remember this, and I guess it was I- I'm sure I'm gonna mess up the amount of snow, but I do remember that when I was young, I think out of eight or nine, I think we had I want to say about three feet of snow in, in Pennsylvania, and it was by far, it was like the blizzard of, I think blizzard of 96, so I would have been about nine, and it was like this crazy blizzard, I think we were off school for like a week and a half straight, and I just remember like going outside and trying to, like me and my friend Jonathan, we went outside and I remember trying to like get stuff off of cars, and it was like up to like here on us, and it was just, it was this crazy thing, and it was just like, I just remembered, and we didn't couldn't do much in the snow because it was so high. I mean, you could wait. We waited like four or five days, and we went sledding. But it was just so cool to see that. And I remember, like, our window. Like you couldn't even see out our window. And it's and that was the one time. And I, I remember, like, hanging out with my family. And, and we had electricity the whole time, too. So, like, that was a positive. So, we were playing video games and, like, making food and stuff. I just – I remember that because it was the most snow I've ever seen. I went to school in Wisconsin for four years and like, I still have never seen, I think maybe more than 14 or 15 inches other than that crazy snowstorm. What about you? I mean, you probably don't get, you probably didn't get much in Alabama, but.
0: No, we didn't get much in Alabama. We had one fun snow day where we sledded on some, um, election signs it was during an election cycle and so we took all the we had taken all the signs out of our front yard and sledded on those but probably my favorite snow memory happened this year my friends and I went to Breckenridge recently oh. and I've just I'd been there before it was um, earlier in the season so there weren't there wasn't as much snow but we went in January for Martin Luther King Jr. weekend and just it was just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. We got there super late at night because we had a super late flight We had to rent a car and drive and all this stuff. So you couldn't really see anything and we were going to sleep. Woke up the next morning just surrounded by aspen trees and pine trees with snow and it was snowing when we woke up in this beautiful cabin with these big windows it was just and even though I had a broken foot and I was hobbling around this wasn't that long ago I was hobbling around and couldn't really enjoy the snow and sled it was still such a beautiful snow experience that we were all just you know drinking coffee stepping outside for a few minutes to drink our coffee in the snow in the mornings and obviously running back inside because you don't want your coffee to get cold you don't want your fingers to freeze off but it was just such a fun experience to be able to share that with my friends and see snow like that that me growing up in Alabama I mean we would get like a chance of snow and they would cancel school and it, then it would just be like a patch of ice on the road like we didn't that's get that's kind of what
1: it is though it's about like I mean the snow is great it's like you remember that but it's like oh you remember the people you're with me I just remember like my best friend Jonathan like just doing stuff with him and that was yes. cool and also we need to talk Breckenridge is maybe the most underrated place in America I think right. if we could work remotely forever. I would consider trying to move there. It is so beautiful. The downtown's so cool. It's just such a pretty place. And now Southwest flies there, not directly, but Southwest flies to Montrose, which like up before that there was nothing. With, I, the closest was Denver. Denver, which is yeah two and a half three hours.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it It was was cool. We went
1: to to Colorado Springs for SPN a couple of years ago. I I drove that and it was like to Breckenridge and it was just, it's such a nice, such a nice drive.
0: I did it when I was the first time when I was in Colorado Springs for Heritage Resource Bank in like 2016 or 17. And it was so beautiful that I really wanted to go back and stay. And so that was the most fun. And, you know, I've loved loved snow days with my family throughout my childhood, but that was definitely one that I will remember. We built a, a snow luge that went down a hill and the boys were sledding through the trees and we had a few near accidents but it was all fine so it was just it was a fun little trip and so now I think I'm snowed out for the year. Thank
1: Should you. we though maybe talk to Justin about making our next staff retreat Breckenridge? I feel like that would be a great choice because we went to Gatlinburg last time because we, we no longer have an office a physical office in about two months and we're gonna be doing two staff retreats a year. I think Breckenridge would be awesome
0: that would be, it'd, wild. It'd be awesome if I'm
1: not paying for it. Let me be honest, but right. it, 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 yeah. it's a great place. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I will not pay my own money, but if Justin <laughs> wants to do that for staff bonding, we would be happy to, to do that.
0: It's on the record. It's on decaf. It, and We're speaking it into existence.
1: That's right. There you go.
0: <laughs> I love that. Well, Mark, stay warm. All of you stay warm too. Don't drive if you don't have to. And we'll see you next week, hopefully after I've broken out of my house.